0: Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. There's always something of real interest, and I think this is appropriate to follow our interview with, Paul, uh, with Pierre Polier to talk about the, um, the goings-on in our parliament. And, you know, ethics has been an issue for quite some time. We have a prime minister who twice has been convicted of ethics violations by the very ethics commissioner he, he chose and was uh, challenged a third time. And we've spoken about ethics in Parliament with our good friend, Michelle Simpson, former Liberal Member of Parliament, and seatmate to Justin Trudeau. And uh, if you're not familiar with Michelle Simpson's story, I'll give it to you just in the 20-second version. Michelle was in the habit of posting her MP expenses online. That caused problems with the hierarchy in the Liberal Party. And she was admonished by the party whip and admonished by the party leader, who was Michael Ignatieff at the time. So they told her to stop doing this, and Michelle said, no, I'm not going to stop doing it. And then they offered her uh, an interesting proposition. If you'll stop posting your expenses online then we'll give you a bigger office with its own washroom. And Michelle said, no, why don't you guys do what I do and post everybody's expenses online? No, no, we can't have that. So, okay, so you're going to be disobedient, Member of Parliament Simpson. So what we're going to do is take away your right to speak in the Parliament, which they did, and Michelle was not allowed to acknowledge in Parliament the death of a 21-year-old constituent who was a member of the Canadian military, and who was killed in Afghanistan. She was similarly not permitted to acknowledge the death of another constituent, a Toronto area police sergeant who was run over by a maniac uh, who had stolen a snowplow. So that's the way it goes. Michelle Simpson is with us. Duff Conacher, the co-founder of Democracy Watch, is with us. And the reason for this is that members of parliament are secretly... I love it when they do things secretly, don't you? They are secretly uh, meeting to change their own, as Duff writes, on democracywatch.ca, unethical ethics code. Michelle, first hello to you, and did I tell your story properly?
1: Uh, Yes, you did, Roy, and thank you. Um, It doesn't make it any easier hearing it again, but uh, that indeed was what happened to me. And... uh but you know what? I wear it as a a badge of courage.
0: <laughs> and, and you made a promise to your constituents that you would let them know what you were spending the expenses money on. And you did that. And that's what got you into trouble for keeping your word.
1: Uh, yes. And actually, at the time, uh, the then party whip, because it changed, the one that put me in the penalty box was different. I did have his permission to do what I promised to do when I ran. I said, there's very little one MP can do, but I'm gonna tell you how I spend your money.
0: That was okay before you were yes. elected, but not after you were elected.
1: No, because I, I think that uh, it served to probably embarrass, and I wasn't popular with a lot of the other parties either, by the way. Nobody decided they wanted to follow suit.
0: Yeah I was going to ask you to remind us what the uh, the other MPs the the rest of the of the 300 and however many there were at the time uh, felt about what you were doing and and you certainly weren't on there let's get Michelle a Christmas card first list
1: uh, no exactly I was never on the Christmas card list
0: Okay Doc Conacher is the co-founder of Democracy Watch it's uh, uh democracywatch.ca before we do anything else, you do a lot of really investigative, good work for Canadians, keeping governments of all stripes accountable, political parties accountable, provincially and federally Duff, So there's never an overabundance of money to do your do your work. So where can people contribute to D- Democracy Watch?
2: Uh, right on democracywatch.ca, they'll see a uh, Donate to Democracy button, and there's four different ways that they can give. And we welcome their support as well, also in sending letters uh, to politicians through our campaign pages, calling for these key changes to require everyone in politics and big business to be honest, ethical, representative, uh, transparent, and waste preventing.
0: Yeah, and there's uh, quite a bit of on Democracy Watch about Canada's banks. So, as you, and you're very familiar with Michelle's story. Indeed. So, as you hear Michelle. And, and, and me tell her story and what she ran into. And you now on Democracy Watch in the current uh, edition, you point out, actually, the, uh, the, the headline, I think, is MPs stop secretly changing their own unethical ethics code. So put it all together for us. What are they doing now? And what are you concerned of about what they're doing?
2: Well, what they're doing now is uh, they held three brief meetings, finally reviewing this code two years overdue. It was supposed to be reviewed in 2020. And that was postponed for a little bit, understandably, given what happened with COVID and Parliament and many other workplaces shutting down. But they delayed it for two years. They finally are reviewing it first time in seven years. They held three brief meetings publicly, one of which was cut in half because there was a vote in the House and uh, then went behind closed doors. And so the public has a right to know whether any parties are proposing changes to weaken these ethics rules or strengthen them, and what the other parties, how the other parties are responding. These This code is a law, and when uh, MPs review other changes to laws and vote on them, they do it in public, but they're doing it behind closed doors here, and they're claiming that, oh, we're just making recommendations to the House, but all the changes that they've made in the last three times they've reviewed the code have been accepted by the House, because of course, they're checking with their party leaders as to whether their party leaders and, and the other uh, MPs in their party caucus support any changes that they're voting on in, in the committee. And so this is not something that goes to the House for thir- further debate. It goes to the House and it gets implemented. And it should be done in public. We We have a right to know which parties are pushing to strengthen the code and which ones are pushing to weaken it. And uh, w- or whether anyone's even pushing to strengthen it. And but it's all being done behind closed doors. And it's it's quite outrageous. So, uh, uh, and and, it's and most, especially uh, given how loophole filled the code is, it really should be called the almost impossible to be in a conflict of interest code because it, it has so many <laughs> loopholes in it.
0: OK, so I was about to ask you fundamentally what the code requires. But I think you just pointed out, you said, what is what is you said? Almost impossible to be found in conflict of interest.
2: Yeah, it's called the conflict of interest code for members of the House of Commons. But literally. Has as many loopholes as it has rules, and it's almost impossible to be in a conflict of interest. It only an applies example. to one. It only applies to one percent of the decisions and actions of MPs because okay. of a giant loophole which exempts ninety nine percent of decision making processes that MPs are involved in.
0: Okay, give us an example Duff, of how a member of parliament, if he or she were intent to do so, could actually uh, shove aside the established and approved code of ethics and just do whatever the hell they want to do?
2: Well, uh, they're allowed to have secret investments through mutual funds in businesses and then take part in changing the law that applies to the business that they have investments in to uh, try and or push or lobby on the inside for changes to a law that would uh, make that business more money, which would cause the share price to go up, and the, and they would make money themselves as an MP. And we are not even allowed to know what mutual funds and what industries MPs are invested in. Uh, at, in the U.S. Congress, it, they are allowed to cha- trade shares and invest in businesses, but it's all disclosed publicly, and they're actually debating a measure right now to ban uh, members of Congress from trading shares and businesses because of the obvious financial conflict of interest that causes So we actually have a very present example Pierre Polyev is out there talking about crypto industry and has acknowledged uh, It was in a Globe article about uh, 10 days ago that he is invested in the crypto industry Well, he's out there promoting the industry and he has investments in it That's a blatant financial conflict of interest, but it's allowed under uh, the MP code, and you're allowed to profit from your own decisions to be invested in businesses and then push for changes that will make those businesses more money or just lobby for, to advance the interests of the business generally. And, and it, if you're not going to prevent financial conflicts of interest, you're not really doing anything. There's, of course, all sorts of other conflicts of interest based on relationships you might have with people, your family's interests that may be not just financial, but in other ways, and, of course, your own political interests. But because of these loopholes, you're allowed to advance your own interests in every way uh, while sitting as an MP. And you cannot be found in a conflict of interest because the code explicitly does not apply to 99% of the decision-making processes that MPs take part in.
0: Okay, so very interesting. And I just spoke with Pierre Polyev and the cryptocurrency question was on my list. And we always have more questions than we have time for. And I looked at it and I thought, we're gonna run out of time before we get through this. Michelle, when you listen to um, to uh, Duff explain what I think many people are going to just be shaking their heads at, because if you if you have the power to change the rules that are in place as the rules are being applied to you, it it takes me back to what you were telling us about what you ran into and what you experienced and what you saw when it came to uh, ethics and members of parliament. So as you're hearing Duff speak, what are you thinking?
1: That it's absolutely outrageous i found that from from the day i was sworn in the types of things that uh, if a person were so inclined when they become an mp they can absolutely take advantage of everything to their own financial advantage and it was absolutely quite sickening to me and it I think so many people start out, you know, um, they've got ethics, they've got principles. And you could literally see, as the months went by, how that eroded for a lot of people. And I witnessed it myself.
0: So, Duffy, you're about to say something, and please go ahead, but let me just ask you this out of the gate. How much of an influence is, how how important is it that we have a prime minister who twice was convicted of ethics violations, charged a third time, or at least investigated a third time, and he was convicted by the very man who he brought in as ethics commissioner, which you pointed out um, on this program, is contrary to parliamentary law.
2: Yes, and Demoksovac is currently challenging the uh, one time the ethics commissioner has let Trudeau off which is on the We Charity scandal, and we're challenging that ruling in court because it was wrong. Trudeau admitted that he shouldn't have been uh, there approving that grant to We Charity, given his family ties to the charity, and uh, the Ethics Commissioner let him off, even though Trudeau said it was wrong. So uh, hopefully we'll win that court challenge because it's a very important rule that the Ethics Commissioner ignored in the uh, ethics law that applies to cabinet ministers which is separate from the MPs' code. There's there's two separate sets of rules, uh, and they're stronger for cabinet ministers as they should be because they have more power. But uh, what I was going to say is that the way that MPs have circled the wagons and protected themselves across all the parties in the uh, ethics area with going behind closed doors to the uh, voting on changes to their own ethics rules is very similar to what happened uh to Michelle when MPs from all parties circled the wagons as well and protected themselves from real accountability for their spending uh, of their office budgets. And uh, also we still do not have full disclosure. They do have to disclose hospitality and travel expenses, but they don't have to disclose the details of those expenses. And so it is still very easy to hide misspending because uh, the key loophole is when you provide a receipt showing the expense you just have to provide the general receipt that shows the amount that was spent, not the detailed receipt that shows how many people might have been at the restaurant meal uh, and uh, that you were hosting. So you can put in a receipt for $400 and say, oh, 20 people were there and they each spent $20. That sounds reasonable. But it might actually have been just two people each spending $200 on the MP's dime, and it might have been a lobbyist that they were meeting with. And none of those details have to be disclosed, and so the misspending can still be hidden in the same way that investments in business by MPs can still be hidden from the public. under So so basically,
0: the idea behind ethics codes is we know that you could be tempted. We know that you might fall to temptation. You might spend money in a way that's inappropriate. So we're going to invent this ethics code, but we're also going to... (laughs) Keep in mind that we're all in this together, so we'll keep the option open to change the ethics code as best suits us, depending on the circumstance that occurs. That's a great system. Yeah, it is. And they, <laughs> it's a great system. Have ethics. <laughs> the,
2: the ethics oh code God. wasn't even brought in until 2004. Uh, so Michelle, 2004, God. that's 147 years after Confederation, yeah. and, oh, or sorry, is. 137 years after the country was created. And then here we are now, 18 years later, and the code is still has more loopholes than it has rules.
0: Okay, so it, I have it, this hankering ridiculous. for an 18 dollar glass of orange juice. What can I say, <laughs> Michelle? Go ahead. What do you want? To, what do you want to add to this, Michelle? What? I'm
1: sorry, I couldn't hear you. Roy. What?
0: What do you want to add to this? What, what? needs to be said from your your perspective? You're the one who uh, I, uh, ran the I, gauntlet.
1: Well, well, that's quite right. In that they're writing their own rules. And they write them in such a way that they either aren't enforceable, they have no teeth, nothing. They come out with big announcements. Oh, yeah, I, I remember when they said they were going to uh, post the hospitality. But, you know, you, there were so many holes, in it, it was like Swiss cheese. So I, I just don't understand. Well, I do, because I, I did talk to a few people, and they just don't want people digging in. And maybe... It becoming retroactive for a few years. They don't even know. Clean in their own midst.
0: If you want to hear more, subscribe to the Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.